and it's this on me. Oh, I was say, it's on you. <laughs> we gotta keep all this in. This mm-hmm. is Killian McMurphy. You're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, which by now I would hope you're calling me, you would think that you need to find someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why the person that we have today, he comes to us from Invictus. He comes to us from MCW, SWL, PWM, Flying V, Rise. Enjoy Voltage, Camp Leapfrog, Pizza Party Pro, and PPW. He is a wrestler. He is a producer. He is an actor. He is a director. He is so many more things. I just cannot list everything he is. But more importantly, he is the Shamrock sh- Shamrock Shooter, Kelly McMurphy. Hello. Hello. That was a super campy intro. I like it. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. One, yeah. thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Uh, I want to ask you a question first, and you probably get this all the time. Is Are you the red dog because your name is Clifford? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, that is fucking sick. <laughs> That's like I the one that. thing that a lot of people get thrown off of, and uh, like, it's so weird because I, I figured it would be just, like, that easy to, like, just – it would just click. Yeah, like, oh. I, I got it the first time I, I heard it. <laughs> I've had people that were legitimately, like, we do, like, a whole entire interview, and at the end they're like, I did not realize that's where Red Dog came from. <laughs> yeah, I grew up, like, a massive, massive Clifford fan, like, uh, the syndicated cartoon and the books. Right. So as soon as I saw that, I mean, like, as you can tell from my social media is like, like children's media is my is my jam. So I haven't seen the new movie yet, though. Have you? No, no, I haven't yet. But it's funny because, like, I've seen everything else that's kind of resembled from Clifford. Right. Like, yeah, even a Martin Short movie that came out like a long time ago. Right. So I've like the names kind of been everywhere. But, yeah, I haven't checked the movie just yet. I will. But I haven't seen it just yet. But. Yeah, I've read all the books. I've had the TV show, the show. John Ritter was actually one of my favorite voice actors until he passed away. And there's just so much other stuff that was just Was like, that the actual voice of Clifford? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so the man cool. from Three's Company was the man who actually voiced my... Oh, shit, my I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really, really cool. I um, I want to see it, too. Like, uh, I'm not as big of a Clifford fan as you, but, like, I, I definitely was interested in it. But I, I saw the the Tom and Jerry movie mm. around the same time that the Clifford movie came out and the Tom and Jerry movie sucked. So I was like, Oh, I don't want to like this. But I, I honestly think that Clifford leans itself much more to a 90 minute full feature film than Tom and Jerry. I don't think you can do, I think I've said this on like four podcasts, which is insane to think about, but I don't think you can do Tom and Jerry for 90 minutes. I just don't think it works. No, nah, like, John Terry in itself was, like, a good, like, 15, 20 second, even, like, a minute sometimes long, like, kind of cartoon. I know they told really good stories for, like, five minutes, but you could only do, like, that slapstick humor, like, so many times before it becomes repetitive. That's why, like, when yeah. you saw the introduction of, like, Spike, or you saw the introduction of, is his name Ducky? 
you saw like all those little characters that kind of like added little wrinkles, but ultimately it was all the same thing, like same right. paddle boards or the same trick with like uh, where like Jerry would pretend that he's in the house and he'd come walk around the backside and like kick Tom and stuff. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, when you think about it, it's the most basic, the most formulaic of all those like chase cartoons where it's like Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner, um, which I think is like the most complex one. Like in a way that's a parody of those chase scenes because they're so like absolutely absurd. And then um, the Tweety Bird Sylvester, of course, is another one. But that that has like that had other side characters from the jump. You know, you had right. the, the grandmother and I think there was a dog in that one, too. Might have been the same dog. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's weird, though, because like even like Tom and Jerry, because like, they never spoke right till like recently right. when they started giving like actual voices. But like when you look at like Butch. Like the black the the black cat that would be also coming in every once in a while when Tom was like trying to handle stuff or right um I forget the other character the the there was like a red cat that like always involved but it was just weird like sometimes they're allies and then sometimes they're you know they're always enemies and sometimes they're allied to get like yeah thing here and it was like you can only do like these stories like every so often but otherwise like Tom and Jerry was pretty much repetitive where I think Clifford. And it's weird that we're getting off topic with this, but but Clifford is more of that the like the Curious George type kind of adventure where right like, yeah you can always exactly. put him on a new adventure like everywhere yeah and and the um I think the new Clifford is a is an origin story too yeah I don't so. think the one thing I didn't like about it though was like because in the book like Clifford like he just got bigger because he was a dog like, it just made sense right yeah whereas in the movie the way they explained it was like because the puppy grows as much as you love it. And so she just loves it and it just gets massive. And I'm like, I I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I'll just wait to watch the movie to kind of like understand, but yeah, like, it, it's interesting. Um, and it's sometimes cool and it's sometimes kind of too much like that, how these cinematic universes insist on explaining everything. Yeah. When sometimes the rule of cool just works, right? You you just be like, it just works. Like, it just is. Clifford is just big. Sonic is just fast. But, like, all these, like, I think, yeah, and we talked about this before the show, so that we were going to talk about it, but I think what's going to happen in these new Sonic movies is they're going to start explaining why Sonic is fast, why Tails can fly, why Knuckles is strong, and I think that's all going to be chaos energy yeah. from from the Master Emerald, which is like, in a way, it's the opposite of what you were talking about, right? Because it, it instead of keeping it open and vague, it like closes it in a way that's like actually satisfying and actually exciting. And it's like, oh, that makes sense in a way that the the normal lore, even lore down to like specific comic books, um. Or, like, you know, the lore feels like it changes every game. But even then, it was never as in a tightly wound package as it looks like they're going to with these movies. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I was listening to Robert Redford when he was talking about Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier. And yeah. there were some certain lines that were in there. And he was just like, he stopped them. He, like, asked the person in the screenwriting. He was like, why would I say these things? 
And they're like, well, you want to explain to the audience? He's like, but my eyes and the way that I'm giving my body language would also explain like that. Yeah. So I definitely love that aspect of like acting, but you're right. Like in this Sonic movie, I definitely feel like with Sonic 2, by the way, we are going to hop into this because this was a topic we both wanted to talk about because <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a huge Knuckles fan. So that's why I like seeing Knuckles first appear. I was like, let's get. Are you game. a Knuckles fan because of the Genesis games? Or are you a Knuckles fan because of the adventure games? I'm a Knuckles fan because of Sonic and Knuckles, like the yeah. Sega Genesis game. I remember when I when it first came out, like I was so excited because like it had the extra cartridge on the pot on the top. So yeah, you can connect Sonic Two to it, and you can actually place Knuckles in Sonic Two. And I was like, crazy, so much fun, absolutely mind blowing. <laughs> it's it's it's. I mean, say what you want about Sega, and like, yeah, they fucked this up. Yeah, they fucked that up. But they were so ahead of their time on on so much stuff and and this kind of puts a negative spin on it in a way but like that's the expansion pack like that's the dlc you know what i mean in in a way and and um it it's kind of uh it's not as memed on as horse armor in oblivion right (laughs) but but it was like another step in that process turning into the everything is fucked up by microtransaction online gaming has killed gaming world that we're living in right now. But it's been um, interesting though. Cause like, I remember when Sega, like the Dreamcast came out and it was like really one of the first systems that you could actually connect to the internet. Yeah. Like, it was the first, like, it was the first I have one literally right over there. And, uh, I would think about getting an ethernet cord to it and see if the web browser still works. Um, <laughs> You can, uh, I think there's, I think mine is hacked, so I could get into Fantasy Star Online, like, fan servers if I wanted, which is very, very exciting, and I'm, I'm thinking about doing that, but the Dreamcast, to me, like, the PlayStation 2 is always going to be the greatest system of all time, I think the, um, you say what you want about it, it, it was kind of behind technologically, in a lot of ways, like PlayStation tends to do until now. Um, but I, I think the selection of games is crazy, but any, anyway, I think the Dreamcast is like in my top three systems of all times. Like I, I probably do PS2, Xbox, like original Xbox and then the Dreamcast, which is funny because like they're kind of all in the same generation of gaming that, that right before, uh, Call of Duty hit. You know, right before right. online gaming just became the the absolute end-all, be-all of games. Well, what I find interesting is that, and since we're going to chop it up about video games and stuff, like, SOCOM was, like, one of the first games where you got to actually use, like, the like a microphone. Like, yeah. you, could do, you could do the headset one, or you could do the ones on your throat, which was I thought was really cool. And then yeah. you could, like, give orders, and you could, like, direct your team around. And yeah. then, like... With the Dreamcast, what I thought was so cool was that you could pop off the memory cartridge and you could play the games. You could play games yes. on it, and I thought that was yeah. so cool. And then, like, you just don't get that anymore. I mean, I know you have like you have the Switch, right? And it is a cool system to play with, but yeah. it's just not comparable to what like those systems were because these were the innovators to all of that. And to be honest, like Sega was always leading the forefront. Like whether you were a Nintendo fan, you're into Super Nintendo, and even the Game Boy, you did have genesis and then you had you know you had the handheld like yeah yeah the game the game gear the game gear definitely had its flaws you know it 
it needed eight double A batteries, <laughs> which sounds batteries. like I'm memeing, but it's like it's not a meme. <laughs> but you go, you can plug it in too, which kind of defeats the purpose. But no, I um I'm frustrated because like of course it's been 20 years since the fucking Dreamcast came out, so I need to get new batteries in my VMUs. They only work when they're plugged in. But my dream is to be at a show and be able to do like mini games for my chow while I'm like raising them and feeding my sweet boys and say, Leroy Green, this is what a gamer looks like. <laughs> it, it's funny because we have had Leroy on the show and we were definitely talking about what would it be like with the Switch and playing like Nintendo and stuff like that. But it's funny because, like, I grew up. I grew up actually on the Atari system, and then went into Nintendo and just built from there. And like, even my like my my old man will tell you, like, he's like, yeah, Cliff's always been like the gamer type. He just <laughs> loved it. I'm like, yeah, I still got to get an Xbox X or a PlayStation Five, and really decide which one I want to get. But yeah, I, yeah, I need to get tested because just like you in this closet, there is a Dreamcast just chilling. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Um. I, I'm kind of in the middle, too. I don't know what I'll get. I skipped the last gen. Like, I, I the last new system I had was PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Just skipped the last gen. You know, you know, friends of mine, like, people in my life had systems. So, like, played Red Dead to, like, played all the iconic games of this generation. So, Cuphead. Fuck, I love Cuphead. I love Cuphead. Um, so, there's always exceptions to those cool things. Um, and there's there's cool things out. Sorry. Um nope. It's funny because you bring up Cuphead. Actually, my newest logo for my gear is actually based off of Cuphead. Hell yeah. Have you seen the series yet? The, <laughs> yeah, the so my daughter series? and I watched all of them together. Yeah, they're they're really, really good, really fun and creative and cute. Like, I, I love what they're doing with that universe. But I, I think I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards getting an Xbox only because they did the unthinkable and made Elder Scrolls uh, Microsoft exclusive. Which is fucking crazy. Um, I do a occasionally, very rarely. It's like we're coming out with like two, three episodes a year. But I do a Elder Scrolls podcast called uh, the Dovacast, Arrows to the Knee. Look it up if you guys want to listen to it. If you're big nerds like me, but you know, you go back a year and a half ago or whenever there were rumblings of this. My co-host Lee was like, "Yeah, no way, no way. It's like too much." Too uh, too much casual appeal, too much money making it across all systems. You're going to have to make it for the computer anyway. Like, all these reasons why you wouldn't make Elder Scrolls uh, Xbox exclusive. And then, bam, Todd Howard hits us with it. I'm like, oh, my God, holy shit. Yeah, the buying of Bethesda was massive in this, like, yeah. in the gaming world. Like, you know, you think about, like, all the video games that they put out and you're talking about Microsoft was like, yeah, we got them now. Right. Like you can still make games with PlayStation, but really, you're going to want to play it on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah. But um, the, to, to also be fair, like, that was always the way you should have played Elder Scrolls anyway. Like, uh, until, you know, the re-release five, six, seven, eight times of Skyrim. Like, you couldn't even play Oblivion on the PlayStation 2. Right. I was, you know, if you wanted to play it on a console, you had to play, uh, or Morrowind, rather. Did I say Morrowind or Oblivion? Oblivion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you can play Oblivion uh, on the PlayStation 3, but it's, like, really fucked, right? Like, a lot of the quest lines you can't finish. 
Like you'll have different weird glitches every time you play. Just like doesn't have the capability. Um, like I said, you couldn't even play Morrowind on the PlayStation Two. That was original Xbox exclusive. Um, so it it kind of makes sense, but also at the same time, like being a sky baby at heart. Like I've I've played Morrowind. I've played Oblivion, but. I started with Skyrim. I fell in love with Elder Scrolls through Skyrim. It is a little frustrating for me. It, Skyrim on the PlayStation at that, like it is frustrating for me to not have the option to just get what system I want. <laughs> no, I understand. But uh, we got to transition this over, man. So I'm going to ask the first question. No wrestling questions. Oh, yep. I've been trying so hard to avoid the wrestling questions. We made it 17 minutes. No <laughs> we made 17 minutes in. But it just starts off, man. Who is Killing McMurphy? Oh, God. I hate that question. <laughs> <laughs> you said you weren't going to hit me with any questions out of nowhere. Here I am, rambling, rambling straight to Todd Howard's heart. And you're gonna you're gonna hit me with that. I think this conversation that we've been having is a good indicator of who Killian McMurphy is. You know, I yeah. am the amalgamation of pop culture. You know, you know what though? It's it, and you have like a great point to that, right? It's just like you're like people who get to know you understand that you're like this really well-rounded person. Like people can get to know you know the gamer side of you or the movie side of you. If you guys haven't seen uh, Killian's short film with One Sunny Kiss. Uh, I saw it. I was taken away, and it's only five, it's it was like five to ten minutes long, and it's yeah. really it's just this incredible story between two people, and then obviously has the shock shock ending. But I loved it, and I even like I saw you a fight, and that was the first thing I came and told you. I was like, "Yo, I'm such a fan of like the film that you did." I was like, Thanks. "I thought it was so good." <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate it. I um I owe a lot to. I mean, of course, Sunny like absolutely crushed it, uh, knocked it out of the park, and uh, Dustin. Who whose fingerprints are all over that? You know, I had the original idea of it. Actually, to, to, even before that, when we were promoting the Christmas special with Jay George and Erica, um, Sonny hit me up and was like, "Where's my cinematic?" You know, half jokingly, and I messaged him back. I was like, "Look, if you want to do one, like I'll come up with an idea in the next forty-eight hours." I bet. You know, not forcing myself to, of course, but like once you have that in your brain, all these options just start spinning and you're like, oh, I could do something so fucking crazy. And we were doing the holiday specials, so it's like obvious, um, you know, why or that we would do a Valentine's Day special. Um, So like, of course, within like two days, I was like. Like, I got it. I got it. I know, I know Sonny's strong suits. I know Dustin's strong suits. Uh, I know my own strong suits. And I know what risks I want to take as a, as a performer. Um, and I know the flexibility that Dustin's writing style can allow. And it was just kind of like a perfect storm of, of all those things. I, I, I think that... Dustin and I are both next level when it comes to cinematography, especially. Um, and they were just very lucky to, and, and that was something that was all sunny to be lined up with that beautiful quote unquote set that we filmed at. It was, you know, perfect story. Even, even the snow, 
even the snow and like the day we filmed, we were supposed to have a show and it canceled. So we had way more time to film and it, it sucked getting up there because of the snow. But like, once we got up there and we saw the gazebo, we were like, Oh my God, this, this is it. And, and it's funny. The, scene where we're at the gazebo which is you know really the meat of the of the the emotional core of february there were people as soon as we started rolling people in vans got out and started snow blowing <laughs> and we're like oh fuck because like even if we had lapel mics like you can't wear a lapel mic in a in a rom-com you know what i mean right um so we were like ah, this audio is going to be fucked but the genius that is Dustin picked up so many shots, picked them up in such a creative way. We had the really far away shot in particular that stands out to me, some like over the shoulder stuff. Um, we were actually able to ADR that entire scene. So we just like dubbed our voices that entire scene. So the wind... Um, the little bit of background noise and everything we say, everything is artificial in that scene. So the fact that we were able to pull that off and still have people invested, like really crazy where you, when you look at that compared to where we came from season one of the cinematics. Well, it's interesting you bring up like the cinematics, right? Because I was actually at Sicken's place when you had your match with Phil. That's cool. So that was the the first ever cinematic that we it was the the I think third or second one that came out, you know, canonically in order. But that's that day was the like first day of filming for the cinematics period. Like that's the first footage we ever got for this idea. Nice. So I get to be a part of like I get to be part of this cool little history cuz like in the background yeah. you just see me there with my like Blue shorts. <laughs> I was like, it was. So, I wish me. we had told you guys to react to it, but like, also part of me loves that you were just like casually going about your business, <laughs> like, like people fighting in this backyard is something that happens every day. Which, like, it's backyard wrestling, so it kind of should. I, I don't know. I'm really torn on that. Dustin hates it. Dustin's like, ah, we should have told him to react, but you know, oh, that's but the it's thing so you go. You have this massive fight scene going on, and then, like, off in the distance, there's like some dudes just kind of standing. Yeah, around. yeah, they're like chilling there with beers. And, 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 like, at one point, somebody like kind of points and it's like, "Whoa!" But I, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Dust hated it, but you know that's what season one's for. I, I'm, I'm very lucky. Like, I had, I had my feelings about like how I believed uh, the ball was fumbled a little bit with the one CW bulletproof title ring and. But it's also like, you know, COVID, blah, 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 blah. It's part of the reason why we did the cinematics, right? Um, really the whole reason behind it. But I was very lucky to have that title when I did, giving me, me being the character of Kelly McMurphy, um, like an MO to do this content. So it was very good to be able to get techniques down and develop. And even within those one CW bulletproof title defenses, you can see a crazy shift like around the fourth episode where it goes from like, you know, Bo Burnham in his basement 
to, you know, a 90 minute inside. Like you see it. it I, I don't want to compare that specifically, but I will compare February to that, you know, just like you see a beautiful growth in, in skill and production value. And I'm just, I'm very fucking proud of not just myself, but Dustin is if without him, like he's, he's the catalyst. He's the genius behind it all. Very lucky to have him and his little Moavi editor. <laughs> well, it's funny cause we, you know, we are talking about a wrestling program, but I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you get into the sport? Um, it's so funny that you call it a sport. I hate when people do that. <laughs> um, I. So when you ask me how I got into it, are you asking me um, how I kind of like realized like, hey, I can do this or, or how I actually broke into professional wrestling? Yeah. Like, how did you like what brought you into it? Like what like what captivated you? Cause obviously like all of us, like pretty much have like this in a story where like we were, we saw it on TV year one day and then like, you know, what yeah, made you I, realize like, this is it. I can never remember. It's like a lot of pop culture things, right? Like I can never remember wrestling, not being in my life. Like I can, a lot of people be like, Oh yeah, I remember when I first blah, 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 blah. But it's just kind of like, it's like using a computer. Like I've always known how to turn the power button on a, on a computer on. I don't remember learning how to use a mouse and a keyboard like these these are just things that like you do it's like a like a little kid when they're like we i bet if you ask the three-year-old speaking of those shit little kids outside shut up i'll kill them loud ass um but like if you ask a kid like one of these shitheads in particular in like six years when did you learn to use an ipad I bet they're not going to be like, oh, blah, 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 because these kids are coming out and they're immediately like, you know what I mean? It's something that always has been, and that's kind of professional wrestling for me. Like, I don't remember seeing The Undertaker for the first time, but there's a video of me, like, bouncing in a little play place, whatever it's called, and, like, the camera pans over, and The Undertaker's on television, lighting Boss Man on fire which is really funny. Like you hear the gong and then like, I kind of react and then it pans over to show like what I'm reacting to. And it's the undertaker. <laughs> I'm like, dad, you shot this so funny. <laughs> well, it's funny because like, you know, you talk about like you, you've seen like the video of like the undertaker, right. But you do have uh, a bull rope and you've had your first death match. I'm kind of curious one about your first death match experience. And then two, we got to talk about this bull rope match that you got coming up too. Uh, well, uh, the death match, the new ring death match, the first ever death match in the history of the state of Maryland, which is something I'm really cool or uh, really proud of. And it's really cool because, uh, fuck the Maryland state athletic commission and fuck any, uh, state athletic commission. They're criminals. Uh, there's, I mean, plenty of people that work in the commission that I love. Right. But, like, the idea of professional wrestling being commissioned is absolutely absurd and the stupidest shit in the fucking world because it's theater, right? Um, but, it anyway, very, very proud of the deathmatch. Very, very lucky to work with Cass. 
uh, I don't use this term lightly. I only use it for a very few select people, but a fucking genius. The thing he's doing with Tony Nese for Murder Mania. I'm so lucky to be on that show because he fucking fooled everybody and everyone's so excited for that. Um, he he is uh, someone who's very invested in Dustin and very much believes in what Dustin can do. And it's great because I don't know when this is going to air, but maybe it'll already be up on YouTube. Myself and Dustin, the goons versus Puff and Casanova Valentine in a no ring tag match, which is going to be absolutely nuts. But very, very fucking excited to do deathmatch shit. It was something when I was kind of like in college, I envisioned myself doing. But then you get into wrestling and it just seems so other, like it seems so far away, at least in the in the crowds that I was running with. But, you know, you meet people and you develop and, and you take a bunch of acid and your idea of the art changes and and you want to try a fucking death match. And when there's an opportunity to make history, I'm never, ever going to say no. So being doing the first ever one in Maryland, love it. Fuck the commission. Love Stan. <laughs> fuck the commission. So, <laughs> so let's talk about this bull rope match that you do got going on because yes, you know it is it is pretty heavy. I did get to check out the new uh, the new uh, promo video for it. I was very excited. It was definitely cool. The storytelling that's being told inside of that. So you know, just give us a little bit more in uh, detail into like what you got going on with it. Well, I we Brad Rush. Um, because he's got a problem, you could wish for anything in this ladder match, right? And he wishes for a little stick of marijuana. And I was like, of all the things, right, you could have, you know, a title shot. Pancakes, he was going to wrestle Roman Reigns if he won. That That's the kind of thing that was on the table. But no, all he wanted was some weed. <laughs> what a goober. So he wins it somehow. So me and Dust take it because, you know, I was out of weed. Um, so we take it. We smoke it. We get pretty high because normally, don't tell anybody, but Dust smokes mids. This was pretty good weed. In fact, I have the roach right here that I broke up. I'm going to hit it right here. This one's for you, Brad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's uh. You're lucky, Brad. You're lucky. <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. Brad Rush doesn't stand a fucking chance against me. He wants to do his little movie magic, okay? He doesn't know anything about films. And speaking of films, if he really wants to see one, we're going to make a snuff film on April 9th. How about that? <laughs> Yo, I like Here we it. go. Let's go, Brad. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, right? Because you know we've been talking about like death matches. We're talking about this bull rope match you got coming up on April 9th. I'm just kind of curious, though. What's been the worst bump you have taken? Um, I took I was a sanctuary heavyweight title or heavyweight champion for a while and in the heavyweight title tournament uh the finals i believe yeah it was definitely the finals we were we were fighting around the church and i took a suplex onto one of the pews and it kind of like 
was one of those deals like here's where I was landing. I kind of landed like here, so it was kind of like the. Uh. So yeah, that 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 was pretty shitty. Um, <laughs> you know, you take like a lot of crazy stuff that's gone safely. Knock on wood. Um, like the fucking the backpack driver, mm-hmm. and then the guy gave the person who had me in the backpack a stunner that looked really crazy um yeah i I would say but as far as like stuff that's that's actually sucked probably the pew bump the pew bump sucked yeah it doesn't sound fun at all like at all (laughs) no no it was cool it was cool but it sucked I was like, yeah, I bet visually, like, it just looked awesome, but, like... Yeah, and it, it, was, just... it was, like, a cool... Because the, the title tournament was, like, a, a a big payoff to a very long feud that uh, myself and Marcy Cabrera, who, uh, someone I made some, like, really cool fucking art with. Uh, very, very proud of that match. Very, very proud of what we did. But, you know, it was all in the sanctuary, so that bump on the pew... To kind of even the odds because I had skipped the last round and I had jumped in before the fucking match started and all those classic wrestling title tournament tropes were going on. And he had to do something to even the odds. So, of course, he uses the church against me, pal, playing fields nice and even because my back is broken in real life. Damn. So... I so we talk about the post match, right? Or we talk about you know worst bump. I gotta know something because you do have the super city, uh, the super eight city tournament that's going on in Invictus. You are on team Baltimore. Um, one, how does one prepare for seven other cities? One of which you know parts unknown. We have no idea who's gonna be attached to that. But two, what's gonna be that post match snack after your matchups? Uh yeah, the city open. That's the uh that's this Saturday the twenty sixth, which is the same date as the Super Eight. So two two really cool tournaments happen in the same day. But if you're a wrestling fan in New Jersey or you know anywhere in the area, you could make both shows very easily. Plenty of wrestlers are doing it. Invictus I think starts at four. You the Super Eight won't start till like seven or eight. So and actually no, I think Invictus starts at two. Actually, I think the show. Should be like getting near the end at like four or five. Or anyway, you can make both shows. You can do it if you're a wrestling fan in New Jersey and you love tournaments because who doesn't fucking love tournaments? Um, you can make both, but it. I don't have a strategy. I have O'Shea Edwards on my team, <laughs> and I, me and AK on the same team. Are you coffee coking joking me? That's the goons, baby. O'Shea and the goons collab is going crazy. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I watched – I saw all the teams, and uh, I put up on Twitter. I was like, I have a – because, like, the Three Count Podcast has interviewed a lot of people from all the different regions. So to see so many people in one tournament that we've had on the show, it's it's hard to pick a winner. But we, we, we're we from Baltimore, man, so we have yeah, a – Yeah, I was going to say, what, we know. Fuck, what do you mean it's hard <laughs> to pick a winner? Come on, come on. Plus, like, was, even if you weren't from Baltimore, you could be from uh, the Netherlands – just look at Team Baltimore. You can say what you want about Team DC. At Grimm is cool. Jordan Blades badass. Moses beat me up a bunch of times. Whatever. It, it, it. 
goobers compared to O'Shea Edwards. He's a monster. And then I'm going to get on AK's shoulders, and then we're going to get on O'Shea's shoulders, and then we're going to get a trench coat, and then we're going to go and we're going to buy a bunch of lumber to rebuild our clubhouse. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a big win. And yeah, I- it's going to be epic, as they say. Brad Rush, this one's for you, baby. I hope you're watching Bradley. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely cool to see like uh the city eight because I remember when that was just a thought, like it wasn't even like fully conceptualized yet. And uh I've talked to Alex about it a couple times. So to see that this is a, a thing that's being done is is super cool to see. Super eight and the city eight on the same day. It's gonna be wild. So very cool to be a wrestling fan right now. Very, very cool to be a wrestling fan right now in New Jersey. Yeah, Crazy. The amount of talent you'll be able to see that day. Yeah, Saturday the 26th is going to be very crazy because, you know, you said a Super 8, the city. uh, You also have 1CWs be running in Delaware, which you guys can find. You know, so be a part of them. Uh, Yeah, a lot of – and then uh, for those who are longtime viewers, know that Prince Machiavelli, he'll be in PWX. So just a lot of shows that are connected to this show. It's 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 a lot of fun to see everything kind of play out. <laughs> what are you doing at One CW? I don't know. They just kind of, they just nobody kind of, ever knows. I don't. The thing is, what makes it kind of funny for me is that, like, because I'm still young in this, and I I go to a lot of veterans and ask them for advice, like on the show. Like when I show up to shows, I don't really ever ask. I'm just kind of like, what do you want me to do? And they're like, oh, well, we don't have an opponent for this person. You can do that. I'm like, cool. Let's go. <laughs> and just walk in and go. <laughs> Um. Well, never ask advice from from bad bad banks because he's selfish and a bad friend. And you can tell him. You can tell him I said that. Okay. I haven't I'll, heard from him in like a month. I'll let him know. Ignore the fact that last time we were supposed to hang out, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not show up that day. Uh, I I love. Banks. Banks one of my favorite people in the world. He uh him and, and Rob Radke were kind of the uh one A, one B like top students when I started at my original wrestling school. Um and you know how that is. the people that have kind of been there, done that very recently, are usually the ones that hit up the more basic parts of like wrestling drills and the stuff, um, the kind of heavy lifting that the the main trainer doesn't want to deal with. So learned a lot from banks and there's definitely a lot of good people like banks, but him in particular can learn a lot from in that locker room. That I would definitely, uh, I know we have him coming on the show. We haven't scheduled up. So. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I'm doing our, send me the link that day. Because <laughs> I'm going to do a run in. I'm going <laughs> to pop up. I wonder if he'll smoke weed on air too. That'd be funny. It wouldn't be the first time and probably won't be the last time. Am I the first time? But who else has no. smoked weed on air? Uh, I'm trying to think. There's there's been a couple other people who just bastards. Right there. Yeah. That's it my happens. stick taking my thing. <laughs> taking one of my many sticks. Y'all I'm kinda curious though, and I have to ask this question. Like, what's been like one of the hardest lessons that you had to learn um in this business? Um Hmm. it's kind of like it's it's the basic thing that you hear all the time it's like the business owes you nothing 
but it's kind of also in the same breath the importance of like taking the business for everything it can give you if that makes sense too like it's it's a double-edged sword or and that's the wrong expression it's like two sides of the same coin kind of in a in a negative scary light and also in a motivational uh I don't want to use vindictive, but it's like you did you play sports growing up? Like it's that athlete mentality of like wanting to be the best. Like, no, the business doesn't owe you anything, but it's also your job to take everything from professional wrestling. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it sounds badass, right? I just thought of it right now because (laughs) of Brad Rush's weed. This one's for you, Bradley. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna tie the rope around his neck and watch him breathe his last fucking breath. How's that sound, Cliff? I, you like that? I, yeah, I don't want to be an accomplice to murder, but if that happens, man, hey, you're gonna ring. know. You better. Yeah, air, you better air this years and years once the statue of limitation runs out. <laughs> Fact. It, I've been beating up Bradley for a long time. You crazy suplex bumps. I one time took Bradley and I suplexed him on a hay bale. And he <laughs> bent, he bent like a psychic using a fucking spoon. It was crazy. Oh, I remember it was like it's weird that you mentioned hay bales because uh this one time I had taken my daughter out to go apple picking and these people had like a bunch of hay bales. And I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. And so I just jumped to do a bump. Yeah, no, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, no, it, 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 there's no give to hay. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I knew that going in because I'm a big, nasty hillbilly from the Eastern Shore. So I, I knew that that, that was going to suck. But yeah, I was beating the shit out of Brad Rush. It's just something I do. Just beating the shit out of Brad Rush for years and years and years. Going on, going on two. I guess it's not that many. But. You know, beating the shit. You asked who is Killian McMurphy. I think I'm the guy that beats the absolute piss out of Brad Rush. I think that's the best description <laughs> for my character. That's, that's a great description. And yeah. by the way, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a hick. I'm a redneck from Nebraska. So for me to like jump onto like a hay bale, I was like, ah, how bad could it be? Yeah, you should have known better. I should have, but I, I, yeah. I didn't. I wanted to roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, if it was a giant piece of corn, you're like, I know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was not good. So I'm kind of curious, though, like, what kind of advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers? Quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, you know what? You like that one? <laughs> yeah, That's my I... favorite. That's my favorite one. I like that. I like that a lot. We're just going to leave that one at that. Yeah, no, I'm dead goddamn serious. Quit and say the fuck out of my way. <laughs> so Don't ask that, me man. for shit. You, you've been through a lot of different locker rooms. You've been through a lot of different areas. And I'm kind of curious. I need one do and one don't of the locker room. Um, one do is uh, find me and smoke some weed with me. Uh, one don't is uh, don't don't let your area expand, right? Like pile your stuff vertically, like using your bag. Does that make sense? Don't like explode your bag 
out this way. Like, keep everything contained the best you can. You're going to go to a show and see me like, ah, everything's going to be everywhere because I'm such a <laughs> hypocritical piece of shit. But hypothetically, keep keep your little workstation neat. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of, uh, I take that into account when I go to other places. So like when I was at a, I was at a show recently and I, everybody just kind of looked at me kind of weird because like, I think I took like maybe six cubic feet. It was just like small space that I was just like, I get dressed in like one spot, but then all my stuff mm-hmm. stayed together. And everybody just yeah. Looked at me. yeah. It, was weird. it was like a gym. It was <laughs> this open area and I'm just like in this small little spot. And I was like, I'm not trying to move, man. Like, this yeah, is, that's like, still, that's still good of you. That's still nice of you. I would have definitely been all over the place then. <laughs> you know, one of those do as I say, not as I do. A lot, a lot of that. <laughs> well, those are kind of like all my heavy hitting questions, man. That I have. Those were heavy. Whoa, those were yeah. the heavy ones. The heavy duty ones. Keep but your we workstation in- neat. We gotta, we gotta get into the second best segment of the three count podcast. Which you probably wondering what's the first? It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But this is the three count podcast, ten count questions, and killing. This is how it works. I'm gonna fire off ten questions at you rapid fast. Okay. Up, whatever's your answer, that's your answer. All right, deal. All right. So we're gonna put on imaginary time for add pressure. Bing. And here we go. SmackDown or Raw? Raw. Favorite color? Blue. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? Dreamcast. Let's go. <laughs> Favorite movie? American Psycho, but but I, I get it. I'm not one of those people who think I'm Patrick Bateman. I actually understand that it's a feminist film. Next question. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Uh, Dark Horse. Okay, yeah. Uh, favorite submission? <laughs> huh? Favorite submission? Wrestling? Yes. <laughs> Uh, crossface chicken wing. It's my finish. All right. When it comes to the Joker, is it Heath Ledger or is it Jack Nicholson? It's me. I'm the Joker. <laughs> Favorite podcast? This one, the three count with Red Dog. <laughs> Bet. Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Dust. Let's go. I'm Actually, uh, Nelson Bauer. I'm in for both of them. <laughs> yeah, bring them both at the same time. That'll be absolute hell. <laughs> and last but not least, my favorite question asked every person that comes on this show favorite curse word. Um I guess fuck, right? Like that's what I've been saying a lot on the on the podcast. <laughs> I mean it works. I'm a good F bomb is what every person needs. <laughs> they honk People are so loud. <laughs> Raised. Weather gets but, nice. You want to open some windows. People don't know how to stay inside themselves, huh? <laughs> but those are all the questions I have. So the last thing I have, though, is killing. Let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, the Shooter KM on Twitter, at Killian McMurphy on Instagram, Killian McMurphy on YouTube. You can find all that cinematic content that we were plugging earlier. Arrows to the knee. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're all over the place. If you want to, you know... Nerd out with us talking about Elder Scrolls and complaining about Todd Howard. And uh, go see Sonic 2 so we can get a million more Sonic movies. Hell yeah. I remember when that first Sonic trailer dropped and everybody was like, I remember looking at you and I was like, who the hell is this? Because this is not Sonic. 
and then the studio Crazy. got bullied into redoing it. Crazy how far we've come, and now we're <laughs> at the point where the trailer is so hype. Crazy. The Death Egg robot. Oh my god, I, I can't yeah. believe it. I have early access tickets. The and I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go on social media poster. and I'm gonna act like I got them from Sega. <laughs> but even the movie poster itself, like having pieces elements of the Sonic 2 video game in it. Amazing. Chef's kiss. Amazing, amazing. They they have um some very smart people in their ear now saying, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. So <laughs> don't very do it. Cool. don't give him like the big puppet hands. Don't give him fingernails. Like that was very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I have a lot to say about the, the sonic design in general that I think uh, there's some issues with, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to nerd out that hard. You can, you can find that content on my Twitter. If you really want to see me freak out about the length of quills or the size of fingers. <laughs> Bet. There you have it. You guys can check out his stuff, but you know, like every good wrestling match, we got to take this home. Cause this is the three count podcast presents now entering. And I'm your host Clifford red dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling, but it's never about me. It's about who's entering. And you see him right next to me. This here, I'm shooter himself, Killian McMurphy. And you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you just wait for this episode to end. You wait for the outro. And then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. Fuck Brad Rush. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want you to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the 3Count Podcast, and in there, you can leave us a message, and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys, and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the 3Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the 3Count Pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.